Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hey, David. Good to be back. Eric, here we go. Grateful to be chatting again. We have another day, another breath, another opportunity to talk with folks about making their businesses better, fulfilling purposes in the world, purposes of our organizations, and making them stronger and bigger impacts on our communities. That alone is a good reason to be here. We're continuing on this series, David, about really focusing on us as business owners. What can we specifically do ourselves? Not just working on the business itself or our people, but our own self. What are we doing and how can we do it better? Absolutely. And I think the theme of what we're going to talk about today is that how you spend your time really matters. Time is money. Time is money. Absolutely. And so we talked about this a bit in our last episode in this series where we talked about how you use your email, right? And your inbox, right? So we were there talking about how you spend your time matters. We're going to dive into that even more. So let's set the stage here a bit in that we're going to bring into this conversation, folks, two concepts. One is something that we talked about previously, an exercise called Rainmaker's Dilemma. This is something that is inside of the Value Builder program. That is a fantastic exercise. You can do it outside of the Value Builder program. You can also do it inside of the Value Builder program. And also, we're going to bring in a concept from the book, Time Really Is Money, How to Work for $5,000 Per Hour. This is a book by Rob Slee I found a few years ago. It's a fantastic book. What this book does is it really talks about most of the lower middle market companies in the United States and really says that there's an unfortunate reality that most privately held businesses are not creating value. Most privately held businesses are not generating returns in excess of their cost of capital. We have a large swath of our economy which is lifestyle businesses. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but there is a problem in that these businesses may not be able to sell when they're ready to sell because of how they're operating. And they could be so much more. And so what Rob Slee does is he builds a framework of the value ladder. And he kind of compares that to the corporate ladder, right? We all think about climbing the corporate ladder, right? You climb the rungs, you move up to the executive level, you make it to the top. You've made it. Life is wonderful. Probably not really, but that's the vision that many people have as they embark on a business career. Well, he says there's also a value ladder. And he says what's great about the value ladder is that it's taller than the corporate ladder. And he says we get to choose how many rungs we want to go up on that ladder. And how many rungs we climb on that ladder is not up to a boss. It's not up to some political games at a corporation. It's up to you. You get to pick the activities you do during the day, and that determines how far you'll climb. And what I really also like about the book, Eric, is he doesn't just put it in terms of 
how did you make more money? But he does say as a catchy title, you can make $5,000 per hour. But he says he really puts that in terms of translating it to this is a reflection of the value you create for society. So when you start figuring out how to create value for others, that's when you start getting rewarded by the market. And so he says, choose how you spend your time, because if you spend your time on certain activities, there's a limit to the value you'll create for society and therefore also a limit to the value of the income you'll bring in for your family. Yeah. And I think the two really go hand in hand because the Rainmaker Dilemma is a way of looking at what does my typical work week look like? What am I spending my time doing from the standpoint of not necessarily what's the value that's being created from that, but at the end of the day, when you go through that exercise, it is when you stop doing the things that you shouldn't be doing and doing more of the things that you should be doing, at the end of the day, it is going to bring value to the company because it's designed around that same concept. Because I think us as business owners, we oftentimes think that we can just do it better than anybody or we like certain things that we do because we're comfortable with them or whatever else like that, regardless of whether or not these things are really making the company better or, as you say, bringing value to the people that we're serving in our businesses. They're just the things that we should just stop doing. And so going through that process of analyzing your day, similar to what we just talked about on the email side of things, is being conscious of what it is that we're allowing to come into our inbox and how we're managing that. It's going to help us to really focus on the things that we should be doing that are bringing value and getting rid of the things that or doing less of the things that are not bringing value to the business. Maybe we could talk a little bit more from a practical standpoint, David, how that process works in the evaluation, if you will, of maybe what our typical work week looks like. For folks maybe saying, what are these guys talking about, right? I just work hard (laughs) and my business makes me some money, right? Let's maybe give a couple of examples here, then we can get into the framework. So let's say you have a lawn business, right? Just to make a simple example here. I think most people can see that if you are the one pushing the lawnmower, you can push lawnmowers all day long. And you can get really good at this. You can even get really fast at this. I mean, I see some guys in my neighborhood. It's amazing. They can get lawns cut in 15, 20 minutes. But there's a limit to how much value you'll be able to create. And there's a limit to what your income will be if you choose to spend your time in that activity. There's nothing wrong with that. For many people, that's what they want to do. And they are definitely creating value. I like to have my lawn cut, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to understand if we're going to choose, that's how we're going to spend all of our minutes in our day. There's an income level that's associated with that. It's going to be incredibly difficult or impossible to break through that. Now, if I were to then choose to spend my time on, instead of pushing the lawnmower, making a process for how to cut grass, right? You cut horizontal, then vertical. You put the gas in the lawnmower before. Spend time in training my crews. You start this side of the neighborhood first. You maybe make a driving map. So you understand which parts of the neighborhood to go to to optimize your efficiency and your time. You can see at that point, you can now have the ability to create even more value because instead of you pushing a lawnmower, maybe there are 20 people pushing lawnmowers. And you're, instead of working in the business, you're working on the business. You've heard us talk about this in other episodes, right? In the business versus on the business. How important that is. That's another value level. Yeah, not just only having 20 or more guys out there cutting lawns, but how efficient 
are they? Because if they can do 50 lawns a day versus 30 lawns a day, they're that much more efficient because you created a mapping, as you said, or other processes or procedures that enhance efficiency. And then let's say we wanted to go to the next level. The next level would be, and this is where you start getting into, now you're maybe at the $50 an hour level, which is good money. I mean, that's too good living. And in 2023, at least it is. Who knows what inflation will do to that next year. But And then we can say, well, as I've developed my processes, maybe now I've built an entire team of people. And maybe I've got crews running everywhere. I've even got locations in a few different cities, right? And so now I've got more of this corporate infrastructure. Now I'm actually working on a business and I'm having to deal with finance. I'm having to deal with marketing. And so my activities have changed and I'm getting closer to what might be like a $500 an hour level, right? Where my organization is really, the whole city knows that they need to come to me when they need to get their lawn cut. And I have the ability to cut everything. I've added auxiliary services, right? And then you say, well, the book is called $5,000 an hour, right? So how do we get to $5,000 an hour? Well, that requires an incredible amount of value. At this point, I'm now saying, how do I just rip up the script and really get innovative about what I'm doing? I don't know what that is because, Eric, if I did, I would have a lawn business right now making $5,000 an hour. I haven't figured this out yet. But the idea, I mean, maybe at this point it's robot lawnmowers, right? Maybe my time is spent on just complete innovation at this point, right? Where I'm just like completely changing how society views the lawn industry. At that point, I'm creating so much value for society that maybe it's that enables me to unlock that much value, gets me to that level. But you can see, do I choose to spend my time pushing a lawnmower? Do I choose to spend my time managing crews? Do I choose to spend my time designing marketing campaigns? Or do I choose to spend my time working on lawnmower technology? Right? Each of these are different activities which yield different results, which can put me on different levels of the value rung. Right. To put it into some of the terminology within the Rainmaker's dilemma is if you step back and you look at and evaluate the things that you do on a regular basis during the week, there are some things that we would classify as what would be like generalist type of activities. So these are really basic blocking and tackling activities throughout the day that just about anybody with a minimal amount of training could do. And you can obviously figure out that spending a lot of your time on those types of activities are not really going to bring a whole lot of value. So you kind of have those general types of activity. And then there's the one that... be some examples of that, Eric, of those general activities. I know some business owners and they're sitting in there and they're working on QuickBooks. You know, they're putting entries and transactions in QuickBooks. And it's like, Really? Probably not the best use of your time. Like me, who, you know, has an accounting background or something like that, you know, I can probably do those in my sleep. And at the same time, I feel very, very comfortable with those things. But it's like, are they bringing any value? Usually not. There's a lot of the activities I think we put in that category of a rainmaker, which are, we're just good at this. We are just super, super good at this. Nobody that can do it better. But the question is, is just because we are the best at it, we should be asking ourselves, should we be doing it? Or is this an area where we could train somebody else to do it as good as we are doing it or better in the long run? Those are usually the problematic ones because we're so comfortable with those things and we know we're so good at them that we just want to, yeah, and we think that this is what I'm made for and so this is what I need to do. 
And what you were really talking about are more of those categories we like to call the architect, where you're really stepping back and you're analyzing and you're really putting in place processes and procedures and things of that nature. And that's that architect type of activities. And that's the sweet spot. That's the thing that we need to be looking at and seeing how can we do more and more of those, because those are the things in the long run that are going to bring value to the company because they're leveraging all of the capabilities within the company, not just your own. And so all those things that you are super at as a rainmaker, you want to basically train others to be able to do that. The ones that are those generalist things, you just got to quit doing. There's right. somebody else in your organization mm-hmm. that can do that. And you just need to quit doing it because there's absolutely little to no return on that investment at that time. And then you need to focus on moving things into that category of being an architect for your business. Absolutely. And Eric, I'd say most people that we meet are rainmakers. They're amazingly talented, amazing energy, and they can sell, they can make it rain, right? And I think, folks, you want to really think about there's nothing wrong with being a rainmaker. No. I mean, you can make a wonderful living. You can create a lot of value in society. You can have a noble career and you can retire and leave a legacy to your family. You just need to understand that you are a rainmaker. <laughs> you are not a value architect. And these are different things. And understand that when you go to sell your business, there will be limitations in the value of the business because you have chosen the rainmaker path. Which is really disappointing for people who think they're value architects, but they're actually rainmakers. right? And usually yeah. they don't have to come to terms with this until they're coming to an age where they're ready to slow down and pass this business on. And that's when the market tells them that you have been a rainmaker. And the market tells them that by giving them a valuation of their business that's incredibly lower than what they had been envisioning for decades. But then it's really difficult to change gears. Or you're going to be in a position that says, well, in order for me to transition this business at the value that I was hoping for, I may have to actually continue to be a part of that process, if you will, in the form of an earnout or something like that. And, you know, that could be problematic. And that's not necessarily what you had planned for. But like you said, the buyer is, is going to help you to understand whether or not you were a rainmaker or not based on the offer that gets placed on the table. Absolutely. Right. So highly recommend. So folks, this exercise is an exercise that you can do. I think we've talked about it a little bit before is that really look at your activities during the day and really think, are these activities that I could train someone else to do? And those are usually sales activities. There's usually process activities, right? And how do I become the architect where I spend more time on designing processes, designing sales teams? We call them value architects. You're building a business. You're building a value-creating organization instead of yourself being that valuable person. And this is very much, I would not say it's not exactly the same thing as climbing the rung of the value ladder. But there's a lot of parallels here, right? The folks who are spending their days in the value architect sphere, and nobody can spend 100% of their time there. I've read these books. I've done these exercises with others. I've done these exercises with myself. I don't spend enough time in the value architect space. I always want to spend time more. Us recording this episode, actually, Eric, is going to give me some more accountability and discipline to focus on that myself personally. So I'm glad we're talking about this. I like those mindless activities that 
I want to go get something done. So let me go do one. It's easy to open my inbox and knock out some simple tasks that have yeah. little value to anybody. But I feel like it's almost like a little hit. Like, like oh, I, I accomplished something. I'm done. Right. Instead of let me work on this process, which may not create value for the next six to 12 months, but is going to create enormous value once it's in place. I don't get my dopamine hit out of that. It takes a lot longer to get that reward. Exactly. The rewards will come to those who stay disciplined as they focused on it. Amen to that. All right, folks. So that wraps up this topic. There's more to come. Please, if there's something that you want us to talk about, reach out at podcast at emergedynamics.com. If you'd like to share your story, reach out at podcast at emergedynamics.com. If you want to complain about something we say or disagree with it, reach out at podcast at emergedynamics.com. Either way, just reach out at podcast at emergedynamics.com. Love to hear from you. Also, please subscribe. Like us, share us with people in your circles of influence, especially if you feel like this is helpful to you and your business and could be helpful to others for sure. Absolutely. We strive to make sure this is way more valuable to you than the 20 minutes you invest in listening to us talk. So if it is, please pass it on to others. Spread the word. We'd love to see this whole world be built up into businesses becoming the best versions of themselves. That's part of why we do this. So folks, we'll see you next time. All right, David, take care.